Chapter One of the Lamplighter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bridget Gage. The Lamplighter by Maria Susanna Cummins. Chapter One. Good God, to think upon a child that has no childish days, no careless play, no frolics wild, no words of prayer and praise. Landon. It was growing dark in the city. Out in the open country, it would be light for half an hour or more. But within the close streets where my story leads me, it was already dusk. Upon the wooden doorstep of a low roofed, dark, and unwholesome looking house sat a little girl who was gazing up the street with much earnestness. The house door, which was open behind her, was close to the sidewalk. And the step on which she sat was so low that her little unshod feet rested on the cold bricks. It was a chilly evening in November, and a light fall of snow, which had made everything look bright and clean in the pleasant open squares near which the fine houses of the city were built, had only served to render the narrow streets and dark lanes dirtier and more cheerless than ever. For, mixed with the mud and filth which abound in those neighborhoods where the poor are crowded together, the beautiful snow had lost all its purity. A great many people were passing to and fro, bent on their various errands of duty or of pleasure. But no one noticed the little girl, for there was no one in the world who cared for her. She was scantily clad, in garments of the poorest description. Her hair was long and very thick, uncombed and unbecoming, if anything could be said to be unbecoming, to a set of features which, to a casual observer, had not a single attraction, being thin and sharp, while her complexion was sallow, and her whole appearance unhealthy. She had, to be sure, fine dark eyes, but so unnaturally large did they seem, in contrast to her thin, puny face, that they only increased the peculiarity of it without enhancing its beauty. Had any one felt any interest in her, which nobody did, had she had a mother, which, alas, she had not, those friendly and partial eyes would perhaps have found something in her to praise. As it was, however, the poor little thing was told, a dozen times a day, that she was the worst-looking child in the world, and what was more, the worst behaved. No one loved her, and she loved no one. No one treated her kindly. No one tried to make her happy, or cared whether she were so. She was but eight years old, and all alone in the world. There was one thing, and one only, which she found pleasure in. She loved to watch for the coming of the old man who lit the street lamp in front of the house where she lived, to see the bright torch he carried flicker in the wind, and then, when he ran up his ladder, lit the lamp so quickly and easily, and made the whole place seem cheerful. One gleam of joy was shed on a little desolate heart, to which gladness was a stranger. And, though he had never seemed to see, and certainly had never spoken to her, she almost felt, as she watched for the old lamplighter, as if he were a friend. "'Gertie!' exclaimed a harsh voice within. "'Have you been for the milk?' The child made no answer, but gliding off the doorstep, ran quickly round the corner of the house, and hid a little out of sight. "'What's become of that child?' said the woman, from whom the voice proceeded, and who now showed herself at the door. A boy was passing, and had seen Gertie run, a boy who had caught the tone of the whole neighborhood, and looked upon her as a sort of imp, or spirit of evil, laughed aloud, pointed to the corner which concealed her, 
and walking off with his head over his shoulder, to see what would happen next, exclaimed to himself as he went, "'She'll catch it. Nan Grant'll fix her.' In a moment more, Gertie was dragged from her hiding-place, and, with one blow for her ugliness, and another for her impudence, for she was making up faces at Nan Grant with all her might, she was dispatched down a neighboring alley with a kettle for the milk. She ran fast, for she feared the lamplighter would come and go in her absence, and was rejoiced on her return to catch sight of him as she drew near the house, just going up his ladder. She stationed herself at the foot of it, and was so engaged in watching the bright flame that she did not observe when the man began to descend, and, as she was directly in his way, he hit against her as he sprang to the ground, and she fell upon the pavement. "'Hello, my little one!' exclaimed he. "'How's this?' as he stooped to lift her up. She was upon her feet in an instant, for she was used to hard knocks, and did not much mind a few bruises. But the milk! It was all spilt. "'Well, now I declare!' said the man. That's too bad. What'll Mammy say? And for the first time, looking full in Gertie's face, here he interrupted himself with, My, what an odd-faced child! Looks like a witch. Then seeing that she looked apprehensively at the spilt milk, and gave a sudden glance up at the house, he added kindly, She won't be hard on such a mite of a thing as you are, will she? Cheer up, my ducky. Never mind if she does scold you a little. I'll bring you something to-morrow that I think you'll like. Maybe. You're such a lonesome sort of a looking thing. And mind, if the old woman makes a row, tell her I did it. But didn't I hurt you? What was you doing with my ladder? I was seeing you light the lamp, said Gertie, and I ain't hurt a bit. But I wish I hadn't spilt the milk. At this moment Nan Grant came to the door, saw what had happened, and commenced pulling the child into the house, amidst blows, threats, and profane and brutal language. The lamplighter tried to appease her, but she shut the door in his face. Gertie was scolded, beaten, deprived of the crust which she usually got for her supper, and shut up in her dark attic for the night. Poor little child! Her mother had died in Nan Grant's house, five years before, and she had been tolerated there since. Not so much because when Ben Grant went to sea, he bade his wife be sure and keep the child until his return for he had been gone so long that no one thought he would ever come back. But because Nan had reasons of her own for doing so, and though she considered Gertie a dead weight upon her hands, she did not care to excite inquiries by trying to dispose of her elsewhere. When Gertie first found herself locked up for the night in the dark garret, Gertie hated and feared the dark. She stood for a minute perfectly still, then suddenly began to stamp and scream, tried to beat the door open, and shouted, I hate you, Nan Grant. Old Nan Grant, I hate you. But nobody came near her, and after a while she grew more quiet, went and threw herself down on her miserable bed, covered her face with her little thin hands, and sobbed and cried as if her heart would break. She wept until she was utterly exhausted, and then gradually, with only now and then a low sob and catching of the breath, she grew quite still. By and by she took away her hands from her face, clasped them together in a convulsive manner, and looked up at a little glazed window by the side of the bed. It was but three panes of glass, unevenly stuck together, and was the only chance of light the room had. There was no moon, but as Gertie looked up, she saw through the window shining down upon her one bright star. She thought she had never seen anything half so beautiful. 
She had often been out of doors when the sky was full of stars, and had not noticed them much. But this one, all alone, so large, so bright, and yet so soft and pleasant-looking, seemed to speak to her. It seemed to say, Gertie, Gertie, poor little Gertie. She thought it seemed like a kind face, such as she had a long ago seen or dreamt about. Suddenly it flashed through her mind. Who lit it? Somebody lit it. Some good person I know. Oh, how could he get up so high? And Gertie fell asleep, wondering who lit the star. Poor little, untaught, benighted soul, who shall enlighten thee? Thou art God's child, little one. Christ died for thee. Will he not send man or angel to light up the darkness within, to kindle a light that shall never go out, the light that shall shine through all eternity? End of chapter 1